I want to welcome all of you here. Good morning and welcome to all of you to Sunrise. I want to say a word of welcome to those that are online, uh, hopefully worshiping and participating with us this morning, wherever you may find yourself, if you're out of town or you're not feeling well or wherever you may be. Quiero dar una bienvenida a todos aquí y los que estén en línea también adorando con nosotros. Uh, my name is Russ Siders, and uh, it is now almost 24 years that we have been in this together, in this thing called Sunrise Community Church, which God has put together. We'll be talking about that in just a moment. I want to take this opportunity to send off our children with a blessing to children in worship time. Boys and girls, we hope you'll have a wonderful time in God's word. That's for our children who are three years of age and up to fifth grade. Los niños de tres años en arriba hasta quinto grado ya van para el tiempo de niños en adoración. Parents, uh, if you need to know where they are, you can follow them out and... Uh, and they'll be, they'll be uh, meeting up with you after the service today. <clears throat> so I want to just highlight, today is graduation Sunday, as we saw earlier, but today is also another kind of graduation Sunday. We call it Pentecost Sunday in the church. Hoy es el Domingo de Pentecostés. And it really represents a, a pivotal moment in the history of the church. When the church graduated to a new stage, where Jesus would no longer be physically with them in his resurrected body, he would now be with his church through the pouring out of his Holy Spirit. And that's a significant moment where the church was now, in a sense, prepared to go forward with Jesus, but in a different way. Estamos celebrando el Domingo de Pentecostés cuando se derramó el Espíritu Santo sobre la iglesia. So we're also in the middle of a series of messages talking about the heart of sunrise and the biblical principles that have been the foundation of uh, this congregation from the beginning. Estamos hablando del corazón del amanecer y los fundamentos bíblicos de esta iglesia. So as we get ready for our message time, there are a couple things I want you to do. One is to open up your Bibles and turn to the very first chapter of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. That's where we will begin today. Vamos a comenzar con Genesis 1.28. As you're getting there, I want to let you know we're not going to stay there. We're going to be going through, we're going to be on a journey through the scriptures this morning. We'll be ending up all the way in the second half of the Bible, the New Testament book of Acts. Vamos en una trayectoria hasta el libro de Hechos hoy. So here's my encouragement. Buckle up your seatbelts. We're going to be taking off real soon. Abróchense los cinturones de seguridad. Also to help you with this, the other thing I want you to know is we have some sheets, and I thank Laura for reminding me about those this morning. She has some notes there with some key questions. If you want one, raise a hand. Tony on this side has them as well. Levanten la mano si necesitan una hoja con apuntes del mensaje. And we want to have you take that and use it today, not only during this time, but also maybe through the week. It provokes an opportunity for discussion with somebody else. And so we want you to definitely have that. Uh, so as you get that sheet, I hope it will be useful for you. Espero que esa hoja sea útil uh, para ustedes. I think there's one behind you there, Tony. Somebody raising their hand right there. There you go. Okay, we want everybody to have it. So a few weeks ago, I was home alone, and I had the opportunity to watch a movie that I hadn't seen for a while. Hace poco volví a ver una película que había visto antes. The, the name of the movie is October Sky, and maybe you've heard it of it or seen it before. Se llama Cielo de Octubre. October Sky came out about 15, 20 years ago, and it traces the story of 
a young man growing up in the coal mining areas of West Virginia. His name was Homer Hickam. Se trata un muchacho que creció en las áreas de las minas del carbón en Virginia Occidental. And he grew up in West Virginia during the 1950s. In fact, it was during the time when in 1957, the Soviet Union launched out its very first satellite. The very first satellite was launched into orbit. Había, eh, lo, el, los soviéticos lanzaron el primer satélite. And October Sky tells the story of this young man, Homer Hickam. He was destined to go down. He was destined to work in those coal mines. Estaba destinado a trabajar en las minas del carbón. But he dreamed of something else. He dreamed of going up. He dreamed of going into the sky like that, like that satellite. Soñaba con, con lanzarse al cielo y, y tener grandes sueños. But it didn't seem like it could work out for him. But he was inspired with some friends. They wanted to help this country because you see, after Sputnik was launched, the United States was behind in what was called the space race. It was a big geopolitical thing. Estados Unidos estaba detrás en la carrera para el espacio y él quería ayudar a su patria. And so Homer and his friends got together and they began to experiment with model rockets. Empezaron a experimentar con modelos de cohetes. Now, it wasn't easy. No era nada fácil. Homer's father, in fact, was against it. He wanted his son to get down into those mines and get to work. Su padre quería que trabajara en las minas. But Homer and his friends were inspired by a teacher. Sometimes that's all it takes. A teacher by the name of Miss Riley. Una maestra les inspiró. And they were inspired to reach for the sky and so they continued to experiment through all kinds of difficulties and problems a roller coaster of events and eventually this group of friends who were playing with model rockets won first prize in the national science fair and they got all of them college scholarships to get out of that poor area ellos ganaron con sus cohetes la, la ciencia feria nacional y ganaron becas para la universidad and eventually Homer Hickam became an engineer at NASA. And he was a part of actually launching real rockets into space. Este muchacho se, se hizo ingeniero de la NASA. So, in a way, he was like a rocket. Like a rocket, Homer Hickam had to kind of push against all of those forces that were trying to hold him down, all those forces that were trying to keep him on the ground. He had to push against them in order to reach his dreams. Como un cohete, él tenía que empujarse en contra de las fuerzas que querían jalarlo para abajo para realizar sus sueños. That's what rockets do. Rockets defy gravity, this great force that tries to hold everything down. And rockets defy gravity by pushing against the ground, pushing against the launching pad in order to get up into the sky. Los cohetes eh, pues desretan la gravedad empujando en contra de la plataforma de lanzamiento. That, you could say, is a rocket's M.O. Es el M.O. de un cohete. To push against gravity. Now, 
M-O. What in the world is that? You've heard it all the time, right? You hear it on detective shows. It's his M-O. What does M-O stand for? Queso en M-O. Well, believe it or not, that's a Latin phrase that we don't use very often. That's why we say M-O. But the phrase is modus operandi. M-O is Latin para modo, modus operandi. And that means simply a way of operating. It's a way of operating. Es una manera, un modo de operación. So a rocket's M.O., a rocket's way of operating is to push down against the ground in order to go into the sky. Un cohete, su M.O., es, eh, su manera de operarse es empujar en contra de la gravedad para lanzarse. That's a rocket's M.O. As we look into the pages of Scripture, we find also that God has an M.O. Dios tiene un M.O. God has a way of operating that we need to become familiar with. God has a way of operating in this world, a way of operating with people, a way of operating in his creation. Dios tiene un M.O., un modo de operación en este mundo y con las personas. And God's way of operating, as we see it in the Bible, is very closely connected to God's heart for the church. Está conectado con su corazón para la iglesia. And I believe that God's M.O., as we get to know it, is connected to God's heart for this church, for Sunrise Community Church. Está conectado con el corazón de Dios para esta iglesia. And it has to do with this, that, that God is always moving his people to go outward on a mission. God is always wanting to launch his people into the world on a mission to make a difference, to make an impact. Dios quiere lanzar a su pueblo siempre en una misión con el mundo. I want us to, as I said before, get ready for this because it begins at the very beginning with Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. Comienza en Genesis 1, 28. And this has to do with God's Appearance to the first couple, Adam and Eve. Dios habla a Adán y Eva, and it says this, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Dios los bendigo con estas palabras, sean fructíferos y multiplíquense, llenen la tierra y sometan la dominen sobre los peces del mar y las aves del cielo y todos los reptiles que se arrastran por el suelo. So God comes to Adam and Eve here and he gives to them this mission. What is the mission? The mission is to reproduce. The mission is to be fruitful and multiply. La misión de Adán y Eva es reproducirse. And God wants them to fill the entire world with other people like themselves. Dios quiere que llenen la tierra. And not only that, God wants them to fill the world so that they can rule, so that they can express the rule of God. They can express in the world, in the way that they live, God's presence, God's will, God's ways, God's truth. Él quiere que llenen el mundo para que expresen la, el reino de Dios, su presencia. But guess what? Adam and Eve don't do that very well. In fact, they do the opposite. They rebel against God's will. They rebel against God's ways. Se rebelen en contra Dios y, y sus caminos. But that doesn't stop God because God has an M.O. 
And God's way of operating is not to just leave Adam and Eve. He goes looking for them. He pursues them. El MO de Dios es buscar a Adán y Eva. And God's MO is to keep working with the human race, even though things are messed up in his world. In Genesis chapter 9, verse 1, we, fee, we find God working with a man named Noah. He saves Noah and his family from a great flood. Dios salva a Noé y su familia de un diluvio en Génesis 9.1. And we there in Genesis 9.1 see God basically doing the same thing with Noah and his family. Then God blessed Noah and his sons saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Dios bendijo a Noé y a sus hijos con esa palabra. Sean fecundos, multiplíquense y llenen la tierra. So God gives to Noah and his sons the same mission. It's the same mission. Fill up the earth with lots of people, but not just any kind of people. Fill the earth with people that are going to express my will, my ways, my rule, my M.O. Llenen la tierra con personas que van a expresar mi voluntad. Guess what? Adam and Eve didn't do it. Noah and his family didn't do it either. It, oh yeah, they filled the earth. Llenaron la tierra, but the people on the earth were going against God's MO. But that didn't stop God. La gente iba en contra de Dios, pero eso no le detuvo a Dios. We go over to Genesis 12.1, Genesis 12.1. God continues to pursue people to, to express his will and his ways in the world, and he comes to a man named Abram. Genesis 12.1, Dios llega a Abram, it says this, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. El Señor le dijo a Abraham, deja tu tierra, tus parientes, en la casa de tu padre, y vete a la tierra que te mostraré. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Haré de ti una nación grande y te bendeciré. Haré famoso tu nombre y serás una bendición. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all Peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Bendeciré a los que te bendigan y maldeciré a los que te maldigan. Por medio de ti serán bendecidas todas las familias de la tierra. So God goes to this man named Abram and he sends Abram away from his home. He launches Abram out from his familiar orbit, from his family, from his country. Dios lanza Abram de su, de su orbita, and he calls Abram to go to a totally new place he's never seen before. And the purpose is this. God's going to bless Abram. God is going to fill the land with Abram's descendants. Dios va a llenar la tierra de los descendientes de Abram, and then... That family of Abram is going to get out and bless the entire world. Fill up the world with people who follow God's will, follow God's way, and follow God's rule. Y Abraham va a llenar la tierra con gente que va a seguir la voluntad y el reino de Dios. That's the plan. Are you starting to see a little bit of a pattern here? Hay un patrón. God's MO, God's way of operating, is to send out people into the world who will help other people to encounter the will and the way of God, the rule of God. Dios va a enviar a personas a ayudar a otras personas para encontrar a Dios. God continues this. We see in Genesis 45, 7 with a man named Joseph. Genesis 45, 7, José. 
Joseph is sent into Egypt. Well, actually, he goes against his will. José va a Egipto en contra de su voluntad. He's sold into Egypt by his brothers. Sus hermanos lo venden en esclavitud. And it would seem that, that everything is going wrong. He's under the power of the land. He's in prison. Está en prisión. But God had a bigger plan. God was sending Joseph to Egypt for a bigger plan. And when Joseph rises up to become second in command in all the land, rises up to become the prince of Egypt, José se hace príncipe de Egipto, then he understands what God is doing. In Genesis 45:7. he says to his brothers who sold him, God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Dice a sus hermanos, Dios me envió delante de ustedes para salvarle la vida de manera extraordinaria de este modo asegurarles descendencia sobre la tierra. So God saves Joseph and his family and they begin to fill the land of Egypt with their people. People who follow God. People who look for him. Empieza a llenar a Egipto. But there's a problem with that. The Egyptians don't like it. They enslave the people of Israel. Esclavizan los Egiptos a los de Israel. And so God goes looking for another person and he finds this man named Moses. He meets this man Moses in a burning bush. God in a burning bush meets Moses. Dios en una salsa ardiente se encuentra con Moisés and God calls Moses to go to Egypt. Dios llama Moisés a ir a Egipto. Actually, Moses came from Egypt. Because he killed a man. Because he went against God's will. Mató un hombre. Fue en contra de la voluntad de Dios, Moisés. But God calls him back. Gen uh, Exodus 3, verse 10. Exodus 3. Yes, God says, So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Voy a enviarte al faraón para que saques de Egipto a los israelitas. Disponte a partir. So that's what Moses does. So we see God doing this over and over and over again. He finds people to launch out into the unknown so that they will be a part of his plan of extending his presence, his rule, his way into the world. He wants to fill the earth with people that acknowledge him. Dios quiere llenar la tierra de los que le reconocen. We find it uh, throughout the history of the people of Israel. And one of the places we find this is in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, Isaiah 6, 8. The prophet Isaiah has a vision of the glorious greatness of God filling up the temple of God. Isaiah ve la gloria Señor llenando el templo. Now, the temple was thought to be like almost like a model of the creation in miniature, like a model of the universe. El templo era como una maqueta del universo. Think about it. God filling up the temple with his glory. That's what God wants to do. He wants to fill up the world with himself. And Isaiah has this vision. Why? ¿Por qué tiene esta visión Isaías? Isaiah 6, 8. Isaiah says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Entonces la voz del Señor que decía, ¿a quién enviaré? ¿A quién, quién irá por nosotros? Y yo respondí, aquí estoy, envíame. A mí. So God sends Isaiah 
to go and warn the people of Israel that they are not following the rule of God. They are not following the plan that he had from the beginning with Adam and Eve and Noah and Abram. Dios uh, usa a Isaías para advertir al pueblo que no siguen el plan de Dios. And because they're not following the plan of God, God's going to send them out. He's going to send them to the land of Babylon as a punishment for their sins. Los va a enviar a Babilonia, a los israelitas como castigo. But not just a punishment. It's also God's way of continuing the mission. Because when God is said and done with, with punishing the people for their sins, he wants to send them back to the land with a new purpose, the old purpose they should have had. Dios quiere volver a enviarlos. Isaiah 49, verse 6. Isaías 49, 6. The end of that verse, God's talking here about bringing the people back to the land. And he says, I will also make you, Israel, a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Yo te pongo ahora como luz para las naciones, dice a Israel, a fin de que lleves mi salvación hasta los confines de la tierra. God isn't done. He wants this people to be sent out to be light to the far corners of the earth to bring his Salvation. Quiere enviar a su pueblo a cada rincón del mundo para traer su salvación. This is God's MO. And it's found over and over again. God's MO, God's mission is to look for people to launch out, to send out, to help other people so that they can be rescued, so that they can be restored and brought to himself. Dios quiere enviar a personas para que uh, rescaten a otros y les ayuden a venir a los pies del Señor. And we find the culmination of God's MO. The culmination of God's way of operating in our world when God sends the perfect missionary to the world. The perfect messenger into the world. And that perfect messenger, that perfect missionary is the perfect savior, Jesus Christ. Después Dios envía al mensajero y misionero perfecto que es Jesús. Jesus is sent. He's the son sent out from the father. Launched out from the father's heart. Jesús enviado del padre. And he comes into this world and what does he do? He follows God's M.O. for life perfectly. He shows the M.O. of God. El demuestra el M.O. de Dios perfectamente. He lives the perfect human life. Oh, if every single human being that ever lived in the world lived exactly like Jesus lived, what would this world look like? It would not look like what we've got right now. Si cada ser humano viviera como Jesús, ¿cómo sería el mundo? See, Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom of God, didn't he? Habló Jesús del reino de Dios. Well, that's the kingdom. It's living in complete harmony with the Father. El reino es vivir en armonía con el Padre. Jesus does that. He lives the perfect human life that all of us should have lived, but none of us have lived. Llevó la vida perfecta. And then he dies the death that every other human being deserved to die because we went away from God's MO. El muere como hubiéramos muerto nosotros. And then 
He rises from the dead. He rises up from the dead in order to give every single one of us to offer us what Cody was talking about, this gift, this good news of the gospel, which is the brand new life that we need but could never, ever get for ourselves. El resucita para darnos la nueva vida resucitada que, que necesitamos. He gives us that life. And then he gives us the gift of his Holy Spirit, his very self left with us he puts himself in those who trust and accept the gift of his new life he puts his spirit in them so that they can begin to live in a new way el pone nosotros su espíritu santo and now he says go and we're supposed to be sent out into the world to express god's mo to express the rule, to express the will and the ways of God. Y somos así enviados al mundo para expresar su voluntad. Look with me at Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. We're now into the New Testament. Matthew 4, 19. Mateo 4, 19. Jesus is speaking to his first disciples, but he's also, I think, speaking to us. Se dirija a sus primeros discípulos a nosotros. He says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of people, of men, of women. Vengan, síganme, y les, los haré pescadores de hombres. John 20, verse 21, Juan 20, 21. This is after Jesus has risen from the dead. Después de la resurrección, Jesus appears to the first disciples. He speaks to the first disciples, but he's also speaking to us. Se dirige a los primeros discípulos a nosotros. He says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you, la pasea con ustedes. Como el Padre me envió a mí, así los envío a ustedes. Back to Matthew, chapter 28, 18, Mateo 28, 18. Jesus, again, is speaking to his first followers after he has risen from the dead, before he ascends into heaven. Jesús se dirige, se dirige a los primeros seguidores y a nosotros, and he says this, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. I'm the king. I reign. My reign is perfect. Yo soy rey. Se me ha dado toda, toda autoridad. Therefore, I want you to go. Go and make disciples of all nations. Vayan y hagan discípulos de todas las naciones. Be fruitful and multiply. And fill the earth with people who live under my power. Sean fecundos y multiplíquense. Acts 1.8 Hechos 1.8 This is what we were just talking about Jesus says there to his first disciples but I also think he's talking to us You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth Cuando venga el Espíritu Santo sobre ustedes recibirán poder y serán mis testigos tanto en Jerusalén como en toda Judea y Samaria hasta los confines de la tierra so the MO of God, the MO of Jesus is to be on a mission and to go out and rescue people. That's what God does. El MO de Dios y de Jesús es ir a rescatar a las personas. But it's more than that. God wants to inspire us, fill us with his very spirit so that we go out on that mission with God. Nos quiere inspirar Dios para que tengamos esta misión. That's the MO, not only of God, 
That's the MO of the church. It's the MO de la iglesia. And if you look through the book of Acts, you see it all the way through. Acts chapter 8, verse 4, Hechos 8, 4. This is talking about what happened after Stephen, one of the leaders of the church. Cody referenced him. What happened? He preached the good news and he got killed for it. Esteban fue apedreado por predicar las buenas noticias. And Acts 8, 4 says, those who had been scattered because of that persecution preached the word wherever they went. Los que se habían dispersado predicaban la palabra por donde quiera que iban. And when it says they preached the word, it wasn't just words, it was deeds, it was everything. Acts 13, 2, a church by the name of Antioch, in, in a place called Antioch, the leaders are together. Los líderes de la iglesia en Antioquia están juntos. And it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit, that's, that's Jesus' gift to us. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Mientras ayunaban y participaban en el culto del Señor, el Espíritu Santo dijo, apárteme ahora Bernabé y Saulo para el trabajo a los que he llamado. And it says, after they had fasted and prayed, they placed hands on them, and what did they do? Launched them out. Sent them out. Después de ayunar e imponerles las manos, los despidieron. So the church's M.O. is to be mission-oriented. The church's M.O. is to be moving outward. That's our M.O. El M.O. de la iglesia es ser orientada a la misión. Because that's God's M.O. And it's been said by somebody, I can't remember who, but it's this. The church not only has a mission to be mission-oriented, the mission has a church. Because the mission is Jesus Christ. La misión es Jesucristo. And Christ has given us himself. And himself is our mission. Jesus is our mission. And from the beginning of sunrise, we said that our vision was to be a multicultural, multiplying mission-oriented church that would give ourselves away for the kingdom of God. Queríamos siempre ser una iglesia orientada a la misión. That means that, that that should be at the heart of who we are and what we do, how we live. What difference would it make in our society if we could live up to this by the power of God, not just sunrise, but every single church in our world? What would happen? ¿Cómo sería si cada iglesia viviera así? What difference would it make when, when things happen like the things we've seen in the news lately, the tragedies? How many people would be touched and reached who would not think to reach for a weapon or not think to reach for drugs and not think to reach for violence and not think to reach for war? What difference would it make? The church is not meant to be our little personal safe space. It's not meant to be our little refuge from the junk out there. Oh, thank God we can come to church and get away from it all. La iglesia no es un refugio solamente, un lugar seguro. This isn't meant to be like our little underground bunker where we can hunker down and flee the problems of the world. No es nuestro bunker, no. This is not to be our little castle fortress where we can be protected. No es una fortaleza. What is the church meant to be? 
based on what I'm reading here, the church is meant to be a launching pad. Somos una plataforma de lanzamiento. And what that means is that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are called to push against the forces of gravity that continually pull us down and keep us safe and keep us together just being our little thing. That's not easy. There are forces about that. I think our natural thing is like, I want to be, I want just want to get together with people that love Jesus just like me. But we need to push against that. Now, I'm not saying it's bad for us to get together. I love it. I love fellowship. Me, me encanta la, el compañerismo de los santos. I love the communion of the saints. But the communion is supposed to have a purpose. It's to be sent out into the world. And so that's our hope. And over the years, I can say we've seen so many people at Sunrise Community do just that. I, don't, I wish I could just tote up the whole list and bring it before you of the people we've sent out. We've sent out missionaries. We've sent out people who are teachers today. We've sent out people who are in the healthcare field. We've sent out people who are musicians and, and farmers and business people. We've sent people out from this church over the years, and they're out making a difference for God. Hemos enviado a misioneros y, y, y a músicos y a maestros y otras personas. Over the years in Sunrise, we've seen people go out from this community to be engaged in youth ministry and children's ministry, church planting. We have people out there that are part of church plants and, and communities out there making a difference nearby and far away. Hemos enviado personas para ayudar con ministerio juvenil y con plantaciones de iglesias. We've seen people at sunrise grow in their ability to be witnesses for Jesus, witnesses through their marriage and family life, witnesses in their places of work, witnesses in their communities. Some are still here and some are elsewhere. Hemos enviado a personas para ser testigos en su comunidad, en sus matrimonios, sus trabajos. We have people who've become pastors. Anthony Vanderskaff, you may remember, is now serving as a pastor. Anthony was an eight-year-old when we started Sunrise Community Church. He's been sent out. Tenemos pastores. And that's the way it should be. We can give ourselves a pat on the back, but really, that's the way it's supposed to be. We've just done what we were supposed to do in those cases. Well, today we are celebrating something. And that's that we're sending out a whole new group of graduates. Graduates from high school, graduates from college. And we're going to send them out as parents, but also as a church. We're sending them out into the world. Estamos enviando a los que se van a graduar. And graduates, I want to speak to you. I know there's some that aren't here today, but I'm going to speak to them as well. Here's my prayer. My prayer is that you will not just be sent out to a career that you won't just have a job. Espero que no tengan solo una carrera. You'll be on a mission. You'll be sent to make a difference, to bring the fragrance of Christ, the will and the ways of God wherever you go. Espero que Dios les envía en una misión. And you'll be discovering that over the next few years, I'm sure. But you don't have to be graduating today to be on a mission from God. You don't have to be moving to another city to be on a mission from God. 
No tienes que ser graduado tampoco para tener una misión de Dios. That's something that's for all of us. And at sunrise, I think that's one of the things I hope we can do, and I have, I'm so grateful for our leaders because we keep each other accountable on this. We want to continually keep our gaze outward and our movement outward. And we've been sensing as leaders lately, like, you know what? We've been through this pandemic thing, and it's been easy to hunker down. We've got to get out. Tenemos que lanzarnos. And so we have a number of ministries that we're working with, the care portal ministry that our deacons are working with to help kids in the foster system. What, would, what difference would it make if a child in the foster system found Jesus and got on a mission with God? It makes all the difference. We have uh, our church plant, Imago Church, just up the road, and we've been talking, how do we grow and go with Imago to do outreach efforts in the community to help Imago to grow and us to grow? Be ready. We're, we're working on some things. We're praying about some things and planning because we want to get outside our comfort zone. Estamos planificando un evento de extensión con la iglesia Imago, and God might be tapping you on the shoulder to say, hey, go out, help out, get on the edge. I really have always sensed that I'm here in Tulare, California because I'm a missionary. I was sent here out of the cornfields of Iowa and out of Queens, New York. I've been, I've been a lot of places, but God sent me here. And it has been such a blessing. You see, it's because Jesus accomplished mission impossible. Jesus accomplished mission impossible. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead. He gave us his spirit. Jesús cumplió con la misión imposible de morir, resucitar y darnos el espíritu. It's because he's accomplished mission impossible. Our mission is now possible. Nuestra misión es posible. Our mission is something that is doable, which is to just go out and fill the earth. Make disciples. Call people to follow Jesus and follow him yourself. Queremos ir a seguir a Jesús. At the very heart of Pentecost Sunday in Acts 2.17, Peter stood up and he quoted from the prophet Joel, something written centuries before, Pedro citó del profeta Joel en el día de Pentecostés, Acts 2.17, he says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Sucederá en los últimos días, dice Dios, derramaré mi espíritu sobre todo el género humano, los hijos y las hijas de ustedes profetizarán, tendrán visiones los jóvenes y sueños los ancianos. What might be the dream that God is inspiring in you? What might be the vision that God is inspiring in you? ¿Qué sueños te están inspirando Dios? I want to invite our graduates, but really all of us, to see ourselves today as really God's special agents. We're God's special agents. And right outside this building is our mission field. And it takes us to different places, but really it's all about the same thing. We're God's special agents called to go out to spread the love, the grace, the goodness of Jesus Christ, the fragrance of Christ wherever we go. Somos los agentes especiales para ir a traer el amor de Cristo donde quiera que vayamos. That's our MO. It's nuestro MO. 
And that's what it means to be the church. Así es la iglesia. Please pray with me. Oremos. So God, I recognize that everything we've just looked at and talked about is impossible except that your spirit would move us. That your spirit would fill us. Todo lo que hemos hablado es imposible sin tu Espíritu Santo, Señor. Lord God, we want to pray for the world around us, the world that we encounter every day. What would it look like if we begin more and more to show the will and the ways of God in our lives in the way that we work, the way that we treat other people, the way that we share our lives. In my case, I think it starts with the way I drive and the way I, the way I interact. There's all kinds of ways that we can show that you are Lord. Señor, ¿cómo podemos manifestar tu reino, Señor? Thank you, Jesus, that you would invite people like us to go on this trip with you. Help us to keep our seatbelts buckled and our eyes upon you. Que tengamos brochados los cinturones de seguridad y nuestros ojos puestos en ti, Señor. We love you and we again pray a blessing on our graduates and, and all our children, the present and the future of your church. All praise and honor be to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Toda la gloria sea a ti, Señor Jesús. It's in your name we pray. God's people say, Amen.